Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back. Welcome back to your favorite show, my favorite. My favorite show, it's time for Caleb's Food Review. No, you said you wouldn't. I'm doing it. I'm bringing it back. It's time for Caleb's Food Review. I don't think we've ever done this here. This is the... Shut up. This is the time for the show (laughs) when I'm going to try something and Cordell has to guess whether I like it or not based off my reaction because we can see each other because of cameras um well i really hope they can hear your reaction so let's too. let's go with um nope let's go all right today we're trying cahaba brewing company's sour ale that's right it's a drinking episode everybody didn't even know it till we started um but as we say every week on this show three two one let's a go mario that was a big drink. Oh, oh, well, okay. Originally, this is like the kombucha girl thing. Originally, it was like, oh, I don't know how I feel. But then it was like, oh, oh, that's that's not bad. And then the end was like, huh, that is, that is an invigorating aftertaste. So I I think Caleb's final score is probably going to be like a 6.5. Oh, well, ladies and gentlemen, um, for the Cahaba Brewing Company's Sour Ale, um, which... They have a tagline, and I don't know if this is for the whole company or just for this beer, but passion like a river flows. Take that into your love life. It'll do some wonders for you. But um, I'm going to give this one a solid 6.75. I hate you. Play the music. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Just Super, where we analyze, criticize, and otherwise size up superhero fiction. No story is off limits, and no medium is safe. I'm Cordell, the, I guess, the one who's going to be sober this episode. And I am Caleb. The, the I have multiple titles this week. Are you ready? Yeah, sure. I'm Caleb, the one that's moving to a new house, the one that's moving to a new state, and the one that is currently only half a beer in. Also, along the lines of the first moving portion, that means Caleb's audio might be a little funky. He's in an empty house. I'm in a not all not completely empty house. We have a couch and a TV and blankets. That's really it. Now that I'm thinking about it, it is pretty empty. Yeah. 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 So if you hear a little bit of echoey, that's because Caleb's in the moving process and life goes on. Life finds a way, as they say in Jurassic Park. Yep. And like they say in this movie, that they don't say that in this movie. I wish they did. That would be a cool line in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Life finds a way. Like, they're in the middle of the fight, and they're like, how'd you get up? And he's like, life finds a life way. Life finds a way. And then he throws yeah. a dinosaur. He throws a dinosaur. See? That's This it. is why we should write movies. This that's, would be so much better. That's the rewrite. 
That's the rewrite. But no, we are talking about a movie this week, and we're talking about a, a movie that uh, I have feelings on. It's the one and the only Sky High. One of the best movies ever. Yes, we in, we didn't intentionally make it to where it was an easy week this week. It just so happened to be the, that it lined up with when I was moving. And I definitely don't mind it. Yeah, uh, we're going to let you know right now, we love Sky High. And I'm pretty sure anyone who's seen it loves it too. So we're just going to dive right into the acronym. Caleb, tell us what super is. Yo, this is super. This is how we judge our movies. We judge them on a scale of 1 to 10, each of us, and then we add them up for a super score at the end. The letters stand for S, Stitch. How's the costume? How's the character design? How how are we feeling about it? And then we got the U, which is the ultra, which is what does this movie do so well that other movies haven't? Or maybe other movies have, but we just haven't talked about it yet. P, plot. How's the plot? Does the story make sense? Are there any gaping holes that we are not aware of? E, aesthetics. How does it look? What's the camera like? What's the camera motion? How's the overall look for it? And R, rumbles. How are the fights? We're talking about superhero fiction. We gotta do fights. We do. Also, two disclaimers. We have the normal disclaimer that this isn't like American grading. Five out of ten is straight up middle of the road. Not good, not bad. The second being that Sky High is the first movie we've reviewed on this show that has a different goal in mind outside of being a quality film for adults. You know, we did the X-Men movies, we've done the Christopher Nolan Batman, we've done League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I don't want to think about that one. All of those movies had the goal in mind of being a good movie. You know, they wanted to be high quality, they wanted to be artistic. I'm not saying Sky High doesn't want to be high quality, but it's a movie for children. It is it is a movie that has different goals than being a high-quality movie for adults. And with that in mind, I want to state that Caleb and I both evaluate media by engaging with what a piece wants to be and what it goals it sets out to accomplish, rather than engaging with some grand concept of like what media or art quote-unquote should be. So these scores may seem high if you're looking at like pure artistic merit, but if you're looking at what the movie wanted to be, I think they'll feel right at home. Yep, and just in case you wanted to know a little bit more before we actually get into the scoring of it, Sky High uh, is a 2005 movie with, uh, it was a Disney theatrical release uh, directed by Mike Mitchell, uh, who went on to mostly direct sequels of stuff, to be honest. Uh, He didn't really do too much after that. Caleb, why don't we just dive right in and you tell us what you did for Stitch? Yo, okay, so the Stitch score, let's be honest, this, uh, is, uh, costuming-wise, is the most mid-to-late 2000s movie we have ever looked at. And I love it for it. Yes, I, uh, uh, with my now official fiancé, I put a ring on that ooh, thing, ooh, watched ooh. it yesterday, uh, we watched it and. Uh, there was one point that <laughs> cracked me up towards the beginning of the movie where I believe the exact quote was, oh, no, not the skirts over the jeans. And it was yeah. that perfectly encapsulates this whole thing. The costumes were so mid to early 2000s that it was 
actually distracting me from the rest of the movie. That being said, I also have to give it grace because that was when it was made. That's what we have to deal with. This stitch score for me is a four. Well, um, mine was a seven. This is weird. I is normal. I know. Normally, I'm really harsh on costuming, but I unironically love the costuming in this movie. I love the character design, the color choices for each character. Like, if you watch, every character has a specific color palette they are always dressed in. Every character has specific, like, designs on their clothing that feel reminiscent of who they are and what they do. They're, they kind of have a color coding thing like Power Rangers do when they're in their civilian clothes. Like, it also felt like old school comic color palette too i just everything about it felt so perfect for the era that i'm not upset at it for being so clearly from that era it just felt it feels too right for me for this movie i loved it i i i totally get that and i kind of agree with you that it's kind of it is very of the era and it's very comic booky um especially very early comic books but i think I think that distracted me too much. And that's all right. You're allowed to, like, not like it. I just, for me, it is so perfectly, like, quintessentially 2000s while also feeling comic booky and kind of Power Rangers-y. So, like, maybe I was just primed to love the outfits in this movie. I think think you were. I think it is a very Cordell, like, made-for-Cordell look kind of movie yeah if you're gonna be looking like you're in 2005 sky high is the way to do it sky high is a great it it is a great way to do it and i think this is just indicative of how i feel about the like kid superhero movies especially of this era is that like typically at least one of the elements i'm not a fan of that's fair that's fair uh hopefully we won't have such stark contrasts going forward but you tell me i don't think we will i hope we don't you tell me what you did for ultra well first of all do you want to explain what our ultra is okay yeah so at the core of sky high is kind of this conflict between heroes and sidekicks everything plot wise kind of emanates out of this idea of when you get to sky high we take one look at you and your power and immediately assign you to hero or sidekick which means you're popular or you're a loser and we just decide that the moment you get there and the rest of your education and the rest of your life is determined by that split second decision we make which is wild that's what we decided to make our ultra is how well this movie tackled that idea of dealing with heroes and sidekicks and how that system is kind of jacked yeah, and I think it also reflects on some of the systems that we use today. Oh, yeah. Um, and before I get into how it reflects on systems, today, I, I think just in the movie, it's an eight. It does a solid job of critiquing and pointing out the flaws in that system and how it works. And I I think it did a good enough job that, yeah, eight. Really good. What what societal systems do you think it comments on? I'm, I want to hear your takes on it. So, let's be honest, in America specifically, and this happens in other countries too, but as as an American, that is my frame of reference, that's what I will talk about. Typically, in the school system, if you do bad at first, you are doomed to do badly the rest of the time. 
which inherently makes it harder for you to catch up later in life, whether that be in getting a good job, whether that be in a million other things that it could be. And I think the superhero sidekick system of Sky High points that out perfectly. Yeah. It points out those issues in an interesting way that's not super in your face. I think what's interesting about the hero sidekick system is that it it's not a clear direct parallel to any one thing, but you could use it to talk about a lot of things. Like you could talk about disability with it. As they yeah. look at they look at sidekicks as inherently less than because they are perceived to be able to do less. Yes, yeah. Or it could be a wealth inequality thing, like, oh, yeah, the people who have more have a better advantage and get everything better. You could even see it as just jocks and nerds, popular kids and dweebs. Like, as a kid, it presents like, yeah, here are the popular kids and here are the losers. And then as you get older, you're like, okay, but there's a lot of nuance here, including how the teachers and faculty perpetuate those dichotomies how they allow it to happen how it's encouraged within the system and just there's so much in there that i think is really neat don't you find it funny that one of the biggest fans of the system that's set in place is ironically called coach boomer yeah yeah i don't think they intended that but it's a hilarious thing as boomer has taken on that new meeting i just i i gave it an eight as well yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's worth the eight. It's so good. Like, for anyone who hasn't seen it, which one? Watch the movie. Why are you listening Watch to it. the It's on Disney+. It's Plus. so good. It's so good. Worth an hour and a half Disney of Plus. your time. Yeah. But, well, the students are assigned a hero or sidekick based on the first impression of a gym teacher. The main villain turned evil because she was relegated to a sidekick in an era before her powers were respected. The All of the main characters are sidekicks. And they're treated like second-class citizens, like, they're the butt of every joke, they're mistreated, they have less, there's also definitely a wealth thing in here, too, like I talked about, but even, like, between different kinds of schools, like inner-city schools or private schools, mm-hmm. they get less resources, they get less education, they're, everything they're taught is about how to help heroes be better while getting nothing yourself. And it just, it does all of this and has a lot of applications while just being a fun kids movie. Like, it's never heavy-handed. It's all funny. Yeah, it, yeah, agreed. It's never heavy-handed. It never, like, shows its cards too much. It's perfect. And at the risk of talking too much about it, I think we should move on. But just know that I think we could easily do a, like, in-depth analysis of the entire movie from that angle for, like, a YouTube channel or something. That'd be crazy. Honestly, yeah, we could. Okay, yeah, tell us about plot, buddy. This plot is fun. This plot is not, it's it's creative while also playing into tropes that we already know of. It is interesting. It kept my attention the whole movie. It is very well done. It also suffers from being a kid's movie, um, yep. which means the plot does kind of broadcast itself a little bit. Which, which that's okay, know, because the audience okay. loves it is kids yeah Yeah, the kids when you're a kid you love figuring out what's gonna happen in a movie before it happens it's not like adult where you know you watch a movie and you're like oh i didn't see that coming that being said plot seven okay yeah i gave it a six i think it's fine it's a good plot it's it is both origin story and high school comedy so you don't go in thinking it's going to be mind-blowing in the first place but 
it's not bad by any stretch, and I think it is an engaging story about the fears we carry of not living up to expectations. Absolutely. Because there's the expectations put on them by the system. There's the expectations put on them by their families, by themselves. By the school, by... Exactly. Like, expectations run rampant here. Even the idea of when people expect less of you, what are you going to do then? Like, I just... Okay, actually, it's a seven. The more I think about that, it's a seven. I'm ending that. Seven out of ten. Because it's... It's a fun movie with a good plot and good pacing that also has a lot more maturity than you expect. Yeah, for real. It, it, it super does. I love this movie. I thought it did a very good job with everything it did, except for the costumes, which I didn't like. But when I heard something, Cordell, yeah? hit me with that E score. That, that is aesthetic. So Sky High isn't what I'd call a pretty movie, but... The colors and visual style are very well done. Like, it's reminiscent of old school comics, and it gets style points. It's not, like, cinematography. It's not, like, beautiful. But I'd say it's a seven. Like Interesting. Okay, see, I I think this is where uh, I will kind of contradict myself. I think the comic bookiness for everything else except the uh, costumes mm-hmm. worked for me. Yeah. The the fact that the secret layer is where it was. The the like actual hero costumes I've really loved. The like the fact that like and I know this is partially because of when it was made, but the fact that nothing looked quite real. It yeah. was all just a little bit off. All of that I loved it so so much. I gave the aesthetics of this movie an eight. Okay. I just and you said seven? Yeah, seven. Where like it's not the most pretty movie, but the color scheme is appealing to the eye, and it's mm-hmm. not fatiguing in any way to watch, while also having style points. Well, and I think for me also, like, the way that they demonstrated the powers was also very fun. Yeah. This this movie, I think, has excellent pacing. Probably some of the best pacing of anything in its, like, age range. Honestly, this movie might have better pacing the end than most of the other movies we've talked about. I really do think so. This movie knows how long to linger perfectly, and it moves on as soon as it's time. There is no wasted time in this film. Yep, absolutely. It does such a good job. Moving on to Rumbles, though, Caleb. Do you want me to go first? I, I do, because you always point out things about the Rumbles that I didn't notice or didn't think about. So... I think the rumbles in this movie are fun and engaging on a comedic level and on like a character level even. Mm-hmm. But because of budget restraints, time it came out, age of the actors, it lacks a lot of the technique and skill that I think are required to make like a quality fight scene. Like they are conflict scenes and there's rumbles, but it, there's not a ton of like actual fight choreography. There's not a lot in the way of seeing a fight. So I... Yeah. A five. It's it's really, truly middle of the road. I enjoy the scenes at, from a story perspective, but not from a fight perspective. So there's nothing lost, but nothing gained. I think the thing that this movie did do really well with the fights is that it it did a good job of showing them using powers while fighting. That's true. And I think that alone brought it up to a seven for me, was that it was not like the first Avengers movie or the first X-Men movie where it's fights that have a little bit of powers. These were power-centric conflicts. I will say, though, 
on it there is still a little bit of the everyone uses their power once thing like take take lash versus ethan so the stretchy guy versus the puddle dude lash grabs him and pulls him over to fight him and then he goes to punch him and he stretches his arm out to punch him and ethan turns into a puddle to dodge it and then ethan puddles into the boy's bathroom to hide Mm-hmm. tricks Lash into thinking he flushed himself and when he looks down Ethan goops up into a person again and puts Lash's head in the toilet and flushes it and then it's funny because his neck stretches but it's still like we both use our power once and then the fight's over so I appreciate it but I think it still suffers from the same kind of problem I agree it does kind of have that problem but it's I think it is less pronounced and more woven in that is fair i do agree with that it is it is less here's my special time to shine and feels a little more like a fight yeah okay okay dang it i keep amending six is what i had originally wrote and then on the fly was like five i feel like six is more fair to the movie do you want to switch to six i do want to switch to six i normally feel a little more secure about this but i love this movie and i'm trying to engage with it as it is and not as i would want it to be so i'm I, I'm adjusting a little on the fly. Also, random lesson for y'all, y'all folks who like this stuff we like. It's okay to change your mind. And it's okay to reevaluate your opinions on things. That's allowed. Keep doing that. It, it's very allowed. Please do it. Caleb, what's your highlight? Ron Wilson, bus driver. <laughs> How have we not talked about Ron yet? Ron Wilson, bus driver, is one of the best written characters in all of, like, cinematic history because the fact that you get enough history about him to feel sympathetic for the fact that he doesn't have powers, but you don't get so much that it, like, affects the rest of the movie. He is brilliantly written. He is placed in just enough that it is, like, comedic without being heavy-handed. Ron Wilson, bus driver, is the peak of cinema, and I will not hear otherwise incredible i don't know how to follow that we'll do it what's your highlight coward so if i'm being perfectly honest my highlight for this movie is the sense of humor as a whole every every joke lands so beautifully and there are dozens of tiny little like one line jokes in the background of a scene that i'm still finding on every rewatch like it's so clever and fun and i think if i'm looking for a specific character to highlight an actor on the comedic front it's kurt russell kurt russell surprised me i did not realize he was as good of a comedic actor as he is he he plays the commander so perfectly where he has the gravitas of this superman-esque dude while also being a perfect dad like the 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 amount of dadness in him is peak and he's funny and relatable. He has some of the best jokes in the whole movie. He's the perfect amount of dumb. And I I just think Kurt Russell is probably my character highlight as just his performance blows me away with how fun it is every time. It's so good. And like, I think honestly, the real highlight overall is the side characters. Oh, yeah. Because like the ad- all the adults in this movie, first of all, the fact that you have Linda Carter as the principal, who is the original on-screen Wonder Woman. Yeah, I mean, if, the fact if, that you have you have Kurt Russell and Bruce Campbell, you have Dave Foley. Yeah, you have Jim like, Rash. You have Jim Rash. You have like the suite of like these perfect comedic actors for people our age. Mm-hmm. I will put that caveat out there. People our age tend That's to fair. like these people more. That's but fair. it is so good. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. And every character feels so full of life, no matter how little screen time they have. And that is hard to yep. do, especially in 2005. That is but really like this, tough. And the the world is built so well yeah. in this that everything makes sense. Cordell, what was your low light? Why on earth is every teacher so okay with students who are so clearly evil? Why why do they let Lash and Speed bully the bus driver with no consequences? Why like why why like they're in gym class and Coach Boomer's like, hey, it's Save the Citizen, Lash and Speed, who do you want to be? And they're like, we want to be the villains. And he even goes, huh, isn't that a surprise? Everyone, everyone at the school knew they were evil and did nothing. Why didn't they send them to counseling? Why? Why is there no effort made to stem the clear villainous impulses of these students? This school raises heroes and they can see clear villains and they do nothing. That is my low light. That is my low light. And I know it's also probably a commentary on systems and junk like that, but golly, am I upset about it. Cordell is not going to like my low light. Cordell will be mad at me about my low light. Oh, I'm already mad. What is it? The score of this movie was distracting. Go fall in a hole. I love the score for this movie. I'm going to explain myself. No, no explanations. Leave. I'm going to explain myself. Fine. The moments of this movie where the music starts playing in the background, not that the music itself is bad. The moments where the music starts playing, this movie stops being a movie and starts being a music video. I love it. I hate it. I Are you talking about like, oh, it's a montage now? Or what are you talking about here? This movie is so montage heavy. I yeah. love it. I don't like it. I don't like the fact that this movie is so montage heavy. And it's like... Like, specifically, there's one song in this movie that I don't know the name of it, but every time I hear it, I'm just like, yep, 2005. And it's the, we're through being cool. That is They Might Be Giants. Yeah, I like They Might Be Giants. They Might Be Giants is one of my favorite bands. That song, I'm just like, yep, here I am. I'm stuck. It is very Hot Topic-y, but does it not, like, perfectly capture the scene they're doing where they're learning how to be sidekicks? It it perfectly captures it, but that doesn't mean that I like it. That's fair. I, and that's the low light. I do not need to argue with your subjective opinion that you admit is not a matter of quality. I can yeah, let it go. Yeah, it's not a matter of quality. Well, yeah. I can let it go. I can be a bigger person. Can you? No, I'm so mad, but I don't I don't need the listeners to know how mad I am about it. That's and fair. I'm, I'm really trying to internalize that like, hey, you don't have to think the same way other people think. You can debate like objective junk, but... If someone doesn't like something, they don't have to like it. It's a hard lesson to learn. Yeah. <laughs> really. Especially because, like, it's one thing of, like, oh, wow, this camera angle choice is X. Yeah, you can talk about that. But if they're like, I didn't like the soundtrack. It wasn't bad. I just don't like the songs. You can't fight that. Yeah, and it's not even that I don't like the songs. It's that it's just the use of them and the way they're used in conjunction with the movie is just not... Anytime any movie does that thing where it's just like, we're going to play this song in montage, and then in 10 minutes, there will be another song with a montage. I'm like, why? Why? I don't know. I thought it kept the pace moving along. I thought it was part of the excellent pacing was they knew when to let a montage tell a story. Because think about it, too. It takes a lot of skill, I think, 
to convey character development and passage of time and growth through a montage and not feel the need to explain any of it to us. Yeah, I can agree. I'm not trying to make you like their song choice or the usage of it, but like, I will defend the montages. Yeah. And I will say they might be giants is one of my favorite band. And if either uh, if either of the Johns want to come on the podcast, feel free to. He hates your song. Don't do it. It's the only song I I dislike by you guys. Okay, yeah. Experimental film is a jam. Come on the show. Experimental films a jam. Come on the show. You kidding me? On Earth, my Nina is another jam. Thunderbird, another jam. I can keep naming them for hours. We're going to move on to Not Super. Just come on the show. They might be giants. Shoehorn with teeth. Come on. Dr. Worm. Good job. That is one, right? Yeah, that's, that's one. I'm, I'm, I'm doing really good. Caleb, mm-hmm. it is time for Not Super. Super. Hello, everyone. It's time for Not Super, the, the, the show within a show where we talk about literally anything else. Caleb? Yep. I have a not-so-simple question for you this week. Let me take a drink of beer while you answer, or while you, while, you, while you ask, and then I'll, yeah. What fabric would make the best food if you could eat it? Cordell, what is wrong with you? I, I want to up the unhinged factor of not super. I've been getting too pedestrian with these questions. What, what fabric, what would, fabric be the best food? would be the best food if you could eat it? I'm talking texture. I'm talking, talking about, flavor. Like, if, if, I'm talking, like... If, if fabric was edible? Yeah, if you could... Pick it up is. A, no, 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 no. But like, but like, good to eat. If you could eat your shirt, or eat a blanket, or eat some curtains, what fabric would make the best food? I feel like silk tastes like milk, and I don't like milk, so silk's out. Um, See, silk would taste like cream soda. No, you would taste like cream soda. What? The real American fabric, denim. Denim. No, denim tastes like A and W root beer. Oh, uh, that's yeah. That's a better answer. Yeah. Um. Pleather tastes like Pepsi. Yeah, so pleather's out. Um, corduroy. I feel like corduroy would be like a nice, like light ice cream kind of okay, flavor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like a sorbet, like a fruit vase. I think velvet would taste pretty fun. I mean, you're just going off of like chocolate velvet ice cream is a thing. No, like no. Red I'm... velvet. Fabric is food. Which is your favorite? Come on. What would you eat? <laughs> Corduroy. Corduroy, okay. Oh my gosh. That was, You're insane. It's They're going to get more unhinged because I don't... This segment's got to have a purpose, and that purpose is me seeing what depths of my mind I can plunder. Speaking of depths of your mind, Cordell, we're moving on. It's time for the super score. Oh, tell us about that super score, dog. Cordell. Yeah? I'm going to step away from the microphone and do the do the excited yell thing. Because for the second yes, movie yes. in a yes. row. Yes. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. The Super Score is 69. Yes. Nice. Nice. Yes. Yes. It's 69, 69. two movies in a row. It's time for the, if, if we could, if we could use audio clips, that's where we'd insert the 69, dude, from Bill Jeez. and Ted. And then like a, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, like, wow. 69 twice also 16 twice is 69 feels so fun yeah <gasps> also this may be a good time to mention that i we haven't verbally talked about it but i feel like caleb and i are both okay with the show taking a small drift into less family friendly waters 
slightly less. We're still not going to do any swears. Yeah, we're still going to be pretty family friendly, but I don't think we should shy away from, from sexy jokes all the time. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe maybe we're like a like a 12 and up. 12 and up is good. 12 and up family friendly, yeah. PG-13, is that, is that what that is? PG-13, we're a PG-13 podcast. PG-13 yeah. podcast. Still no swears, but sometimes we'll laugh at funny numbers. You know, funnily enough, PG-13s are allowed one F word. We will not use that, but... And if we do, it'll have to be me. Yes, it has to be. Good luck, Caleb. Oof. So let's move on to personal analysis. If we remade this movie, we can both have up to two changes. I don't think either of us came up with two. The the only... I'll be honest, I couldn't even come up with one. Like, uh, even yeah. the, my low light, I wouldn't change. Yeah. My... The closest I could come to a change was, like, maybe having something at the end about how they dismantled the hero sidekick system. But I don't think, narratively, it, they would have dismantled it that fast. No, it would have taken, like, years to do and implement because they they work in an American system where nothing moves quickly. So, like, I, I really don't know if there's anything I'd change about this movie. It just, it is what it is so beautifully. And it, it, that's it. Yeah, I... You don't always have to change something. This one, I wouldn't want to change. If I remade it, I'd keep Kurt Russell as the dad. That's the only casting decision I want to make. I I would keep the whole cast. I guess, you know what? I would give it two sequels. I'd turn it into a trilogy. Yeah, I think that would be good. But yeah, th- there it is. Uh, Caleb, ask me a question that might be true or false. It's time for true or false. There's lots of other things that we could do, but we're playing in true or false. Caleb, I I remember the original song you sang. I could tell it to you right now. Yeah, give give me the original song. So please. there was there's a little bit in the middle I don't remember, but maybe it'll jog your memory. It's like, did the hero do this when duty called, or did Caleb make it up? It's time for true or false, something along those lines. Okay, here let me let me do. Did the hero do this when duty called, or did Kayla make it up? It's true or false. Boom. Cordell, this week, since it's about a movie, I had to give you a true or false about the movie. Good. Uh, but first, last week, true or false, if you remember, it was, uh, and I'll let you play along too, because last week we had a guest episode with Sammy. Uh, last week, is uh, the true or false statement was polka dot man wears polka dots. I voted true. He's got them on his costume. It's actually false. No. Polka dots, by definition, have to be uniform in size, and polka dots, man's dots, are a variety of sizes. So, he is not wearing polka dots. And yes, the true or false will sometimes be that pedantic. I reject your definition of polka dots, and I appreciate your use of the word pedantic. This week, Cordell, true or false? False. Oh, you haven't asked. This mo- this movie has a link of like, you know, like the Kevin Bacon game where you try to connect everything within yeah, seven degrees. Yeah. Six degrees, but go on. Six degrees. This movie, from Sky High to Superstore, one of your favorite sitcoms that you only own one season of. Also, I don't even know if I'd qualify it as a favorite, but that's okay. I don't know how it's I got that It's a good one season. and we watched it all the time. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how I got that season. Anyway. From Sky High to Superstore is one degree of separation. As in, person in Sky High, person in Superstore, there's an in-between link? There's an in-between link, yes. Like, like, 
like if it were people, it'd be like, I know Emily, Emily knows you, one degree. Or is yes. that two? I'm pretty sure that's technically two. I think it's one degree, because it's one in the middle, because it's this connecting to this, okay. how many things okay. are in the middle. Okay, so one degree. I don't know, I... I got distracted because I was trying to think of what the degree would be instead of just trying to think if it feels true or not. Does it feel true? Knowing how like complicated of a mess, and also you didn't describe specifically how it could be actors, it could be directors, it could be people who worked on it. I, w- I will specify it down to just actors. You know what? I'm going to say true. Is Cordell right? Is Cordell wrong? He'll find out after we stop recording, but you guys will find out next week. You can play along with in the in the show reply. There's a little poll you can do. Yeah. If you have any comments, questions, suggestions about how we, you'd like to see the show run or if you'd like us to start doing anything, if you have any really unhinged questions for me to ask Caleb, send them in and I will credit you in the Not Super segment. If you, if you just love me and want to tell me how much you love me, write in. Listener mail. I'll read it to the world because I love you too. You could do that at JustSuper616 at gmail.com. You could follow us on Twitter at JustSuper616. You could follow Caleb, the the the, the corduroy eater, at Awkward from 1997. And you could follow Cordell, the... Okay, fine. I, I would eat a lot of silk and velvet. I just would. You could do that at Cordelicious. Admit it. Well, Admit it. I, you would eat silk and velvet like the kid eats chocolate cake and Matilda. I, Admit it. I would just be Bruce and I would just be shoveling Bruce Bogtrotter, just shoveling, shoveling velvet and silk right in my mouth as as the heads of other children float in my subconscious and they watch me. Thank you to the one and only uh, Bruce, Bruce Velvet, Velvet Eater Cordell. Thank you to Cord. Don't edit this. Cord- thank you the bog to Cordell. The bog. Thank you to Cordell the for editing the bog trottiest for editing this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just have a stroke? What was that? I don't know, I don't know what happened. Don't edit it out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to the one and only the Bog Trotius Cordell Hutchison for editing this week's episode and almost every other episode before it. Thank you to the one and only the Splendiferous yeah, that's a good one, yeah. Haley Northington. Haley for, would uh, only eat the finest cashmere. Accurate. Haley would only eat the finest cashmere uh, and... That's it. Uh, for providing us with our podcast art, goods and services, my guys. Um, and if you want to find more of her art, you can find it at littlelight97.redbubble.com. This show is produced by the two of us speaking to two different microphones in two different places. And uh, fun fact, this episode, the furthest we've ever been apart recording this uh, thing, which just makes me kind of sad. Yeah, I, um, I, I miss you a lot, buddy. I miss you too. You have to come visit me in my new house. Okay. Anyway, uh. Uh, the, you know, if you like the music, I wrote it. If you liked me having a stroke when I tried to say a fun thing for Cordell, I also wrote that in my brain. It was like scat for jazz, jazz scatting. A way to be super this week is is to leave your job if it's not good for you. This message yeah. has been brought to you by the newly unemployed Cordell. And um, 
Apparently this week, apparently the other way to be super is learn the signs of a stroke and learn how to stop it. Okay, okay. You got to act fast. You know this acronym? I'm going to actually teach you. Face. Yes. So it is face. Is their facial drooping? Is their face like kind of like not looking like their face normally does? The A is arm weakness. Are they having a hard time lifting their arms up? S is speech difficulties. Is it slurring? Is it slurring? Yeah, Yeah, like... Are in general, like, do they look and sound like themselves right now? And then the T is time. You gotta move. Like, you have a small window of time to get them treated. And if it's a street magician having a stroke, still help them, recuperate them back to full health as if it were a baby bird mm-hmm. with no wings. Mm-hmm. Lift them gently up into the light and then punch them right in the face. I'd really like to remember why we started hating them. I don't know, but I'm keeping up with it, okay? Punch a street magician in the face. But not if they're having a stroke. Don't hit them while they're down. Punch street magicians. Hit them while they're down. No. Okay, do it. Fine, get them. Get them real good. Get 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 them. I'm going to bog trot you magicians. Uh, 